Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 25 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Please listen to Season 5, Episode 24 for Part 1 of this two-part case. This episode contains distressing themes explicit language and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. An off-duty police officer is arrested and charged with murder in May 2020. He claims it was an accident. The victim, a mother to two children, worked as a nurse. The pair had been having an affair for the last decade. But after they agreed to meet in a pub car park in West Parley, South East Dorset, a row erupted. The police were told a struggle ensued, leaving one of them dead. A jury at a Crown Court in Salisbury were to decide whether or not Timothy Bramer intended to strangle Claire Parry. Pub CCTV shows Bramer walking away from his car and sitting down by the road where he asked two cyclists for help. Timothy Bramer denied murder in this pub car park but admitted manslaughter. He said Mrs Parry sustained her injuries in what he described as a kerfuffle in his car. She used his phone to text his wife, revealing their affair. He claimed she was then accidentally injured in a kerfuffle as he tried to push her out of the car so he could drive away. 
The 41-year-old had enjoyed a lengthy career in policing and at the time of the incident was seconded to the National Police Air Service based at Bournemouth Airport. As paramedics treated Bramer's self-inflicted wounds to his wrists and arms, they were also trying to save Claire's life. She was taken to hospital in Bournemouth, but died the next day from brain injuries caused by a compression to the neck. In his opening remarks, Prosecutor Richard Smith QC told the court that Timothy Bramer angrily and deliberately strangled Claire Parry to death in the car park of the Horns Inn public house. The prosecutor argued it was not an accident. Smith also highlighted the multiple accounts that Bramer gave to police about his injuries, first saying they were inflicted by the person he had just killed. Then Bramer changed his mind, claiming that he inflicted them to himself with a penknife. Addressing the testimony provided by then-trainee prison officer Scott Stentiford, in which Bramer allegedly said he intentionally put his arm around Claire Parry's neck to pull her back in the car, Smith told the jury, That description of events is completely different to what he told police in May. Bramer had initially said that because Claire Parry would not leave, he was trying to pull, then push Claire out of the vehicle. And it was during this struggle she accidentally suffocated when he was on top of her. But the jury were told by the prosecutor that Bramer had now inadvertently provided a prison officer with a true account of what had happened in an unguarded moment of conversation. Richard Smith, QC, spoke about Bramer's affairs. Claire Parry had recently been led to believe the defendant had indulged in other affairs with other women and he was something of a womaniser. Claire Parry was facing what she might have thought was the impending end of her marriage and the realisation that the man she had been having an affair with for years was perhaps not the man she thought he was at all not a man who was likely to set up with her. The prosecutor described what he called one of Bramer's threats to stop Claire Parry from telling his wife. On the journey to the pub car park, it was said the defendant made an attempt to purchase some rope from a screw-fix store. However, due to the spread of coronavirus and the limitations around the click-and-collect order service, he was unable to. Richard Smith QC told the court that Bramer was going to employ the rope to convince Claire Parry he was serious about suicide. Quote, The reality is this defendant became significantly angered by what Claire had done. She wasn't to be placated. She wasn't to be smoothed. She did carry out her threat to send a text to Martha that was ruining his life. For the first time perhaps in their relationship, he was no longer the person who had control and he turned on his lover with rage, angry rage. He took hold of her tightly around the neck, probably in the crux of his forearm, so tight that he compressed the life out of her. 
The prosecutor argued that the injuries Claire Parry suffered were not something that could have been inflicted in mere seconds. He told the court it was the Crown's case that Bramer stabbed himself in the arm and then made attempts to move Claire Parry's body to make it appear as though there had been a struggle. Also, there was a 23-minute gap between a final text message being transmitted from Bramer's phone and CCTV footage from the pub car park picturing Bramer collapsing in the driveway and being seen by passers-by. Bramer told the witness he thought he had been stabbed, but did not say the wounds were self-inflicted. The final text message from Bramer's phone read, I am cheating on you. It had been sent by Claire Parry to Bramer's wife while she was looking through his phone for evidence of further infidelity. The prosecutor asked jurors that they question what happened in those 23 minutes between the text message being sent and Bramer walking to the entrance of the car park. During his custody interview, Bramer was asked to account for that period of time. The only reply he could muster was, I can only say that was the struggle. I had no concept of time. Jurors at Salisbury Crown Court were told by Home Office pathologist Dr Amanda Jeffrey that Claire Parry's neck may have been under significant force for some time, between 10 to 30 seconds, although it may have been longer. The pathologist admitted that calculating a precise measurement of time was complicated, as the science behind it was still being debated. However, it was said the victim had injuries to her face consistent with being throttled. For example, there was evidence of petechial hemorrhage, which meant it would take between 10 to 30 seconds for those injuries to appear. There was bruising around her face, along with a broken bone and damaged cartilage in her neck. There was also bruising to her jaw indicating she tried to forcibly lower it in response to being strangled. The totality of Claire Parry's injuries were labelled as severe. Dr Amanda Jeffrey could not wholly rule out manual strangulation, although she believed it unlikely, as the same bruising she would expect to see in those cases was not present. Claire Parry died after her brain was starved of oxygen. Although forensic experts had struggled to retrieve data from Claire Parry's mobile phone, as they could not crack the six-digit pin needed to access the device, they did manage to download a note which Claire Parry had written on the phone a few days before she died. It was never sent, however was addressed to Timothy Bramer's wife. She was also a serving detective for the Dorset Police Force. It read, Dear Martha, What I am going to say is likely to come as no surprise to you. 
I'm figuring you have always suspected but tried to ignore. There is no easy way to say it, but put simply, your husband is a man-whore. Myself and others have fallen victim to his words and charms, his promises of being in a loveless marriage to only staying for the sake of your children. He sucked me in years ago and made me believe he and I had a future until he realised you were pregnant. He didn't tell me about you at first, that he was married, and when I found out he told me he was going to leave. I have since realised I was not the only one he has weaved this story to. There are at least two more. He tells us that we are special, that he has fallen in love with us. Evidence of Timothy Bramer's affairs was presented to the court. Detective Constable Kate Rhodes, who Bramer had a brief affair with, described how he coerced her. Bramer had initially been assigned as a mentor to the Detective Constable when she volunteered as a community support officer for the Dorset Police. At the time, Kate Rhodes considered Bramer to be personable when dealing with members of the public. She described how she fell in love with him and how the two were briefly romantically involved almost a decade earlier. She told the court, He is intensely charismatic and a real charmer. I thought we had a future. But Kate Rhodes said that she ended the relationship when she discovered that Bramer was married. She described how he groomed the women he slept with and how he exhibited controlling behaviour. He had even sent her text messages that were explicit in nature while she was abroad away on holiday with a new partner. Fighting to hold back the tears, the witness said the defendant has a toolkit he uses on every woman he encounters. Tim has some sort of hold over me. That's the only way I can describe it, she added. Paramedics who attended the scene on the afternoon of May 9th testified about what they saw when they arrived and the measures taken to try and save Claire Parry's life. James Best, a member of the emergency crew, described how Claire appeared like she had fallen asleep while leaning on the inside of a car door before it had then been opened. The jury were later shown the vehicle in the car park of the court. As other medics carried out chest compressions, paramedic James Best found Claire Parry's NHS ID card. He knew Claire from her work as a nurse. Best had at first spotted Bramer, However, it was a member of the public who directed the paramedic to Claire Parry in the Citroen. Thomas Hull, another emergency responder, noticed a red mark around Claire Parry's throat as he fought to save her life. When Police Constable Martin Brown arrived, he recognised Timothy Bramer who was crying uncontrollably. E.C. Brown immediately mentioned this to a fellow officer. Brown asked Bramer what had happened. The footage from a body-worn camera was played to the court 
which pictured Timothy Bramer shirtless and sat upright in an ambulance wailing and overwrought. I've just obviously, because I've been listening to what's been said, I've written down what you said to me, what's been said, right? When we were first got here, when I first saw you outside, you were asked by the paramedics what was happening. You said something to me, so I was having an affair with her, she got me to meet her here, she was going to tell my wife. Um, and then just now, when you've given the paramedic a bit more of the details, but female arrived. Right there. Sorry. Yeah. Female arrived after me and jumped in my car. She was so angry. She was going to tell my wife we were having an affair for years. She was going through my phone. I don't remember what happened. She was going through my phone. I think she told my wife I was going to drive off and kill myself. The wounds were caused by a pen knife in my car. I've had it for years, don't remember what happened. Michael Wheelhouse, with more than 20 years' experience in his role as a forensic scientist, was asked to analyse the crime and understand of the possible scenarios which was the most likely. He had seen images of the scene only through photographic documentation. There was Bramer's initial account in which he said that Claire Parry would not get out of the car. While trying to remove her from the Citroen, Bramer said he killed her by accident. Prison officer Scott Stentiford provided a differing account in which Bramer had allegedly told him he did not want Claire Parry to leave the car and she died after he tried to stop her from fleeing. He did this by putting his arm around her neck. In this account, Bramer also insisted this was an accident. Finally, there was the prosecution's theory that after killing Claire Parry, Bramer stabbed himself and then tried to move Claire's body while she was unconscious and slowly dying. The forensic expert told jurors there were stains on Claire Parry's cardigan, around her arms and neck, heavy staining to her jeans, and blood had soaked through to her bra. This could have come from both contact transfer from other clothing and from the driver's seat due to the gaps in the staining pattern. DNA at the scene was a match to both Claire Parry and Timothy Bramer. Bramer's DNA was also found under Claire's fingernails. Bramer was wearing a polo shirt that became bloody, which he then took off to wipe his face. Blood had soaked into Bramer's shorts and his underwear. Michael Wilhouse told the court that all of the explanations discussed were possible based on the evidence, and he could not arrive at a conclusive theory. However, the forensic scientist did say of the scenario in which Bramer stabbed himself and then moved the body after Claire had been strangled, quote, In order to get the blood staining on the neck, there would have been contact blood that would have come from his arm, and he would have had to sit in that seat for some time for his blood to clot before he moved the body. As the defence made their case, Joanna Martin QC acting on behalf of Timothy Bramer provided to the court Bramer's recollection of how Claire Parry died 
emphasising to what degree Bremer's injuries and the blood spatter and staining were consistent with the significant time between Bremer stabbing himself in the arm and the altercation taking place. The defence counsel told jurors how Bremer had at first tried to push Claire Parry out of the passenger side of the car and then went round to the front passenger door and pulled on her clothes to get her out. When that didn't work, he tried to bundle her out of the vehicle through the driver's side door. Speaking to jurors, Joanna Martin QC stated, He grabs her arms, and at some stage he grabs her feet and her legs. Mr. Bramer then describes trying to get into the car on the passenger side and pushing her out of the car by holding on to the pockets of her jeans and hoisting her up. Mrs. Parry is then at some stage on her front, and that is consistent with the ribbed patterning on her jeans. Mr. Bramer says her arms at some stage are in a press-up position, and he is on the steering wheel side of her, trying to get her out. From the stand, a bespectacled and incredibly distraught Timothy Bramer offered testimony in his own defence. He spoke about his past affairs and what happened on that day in May 2020. Bramer said that while he never explicitly told prosecution witness DC Kate Rhodes he was married, he claimed he never took off his wedding ring when they were intimate. Bramer disagreed with the assertion that he groomed women, arguing it was a, quote, load of old rubbish. He said he was not romantically involved with Claire Parry at that point, as they did not see each other for months at a time. Bramer told the court that Claire had sent him a barrage of messages before they agreed to meet at the Horns Inn pub on May 9th. She was furious with Bramer upset after finding out that he had slept with other women outside his marriage. It was alleged by the defendant that Claire had been going through his Facebook account, sending him screenshots where he was pictured with other women. Bramer told the court that he eventually changed his privacy settings so Claire could no longer view his account. Bramer spoke about the reasons for the affair with Claire Parry, and his feelings about the situation. We didn't have to worry about the domestic things at home, he said. You could be all of your good things, not your bad things, none of your vulnerabilities. It was a suspended state of your best self. It was an affair. That's what you have an affair for. Bramer testified how his extramarital affair was, quote, compartmentalised and had been for years. It was its own little bubble, a little bubble of niceness. The defendant went on to detail how the row in the car escalated, leading to him killing Claire Parry. He had at first told the police that Claire attacked him with a penknife, but he would later admit that he stabbed himself. Crying as he spoke, Bramer told the court he wanted to end his life. 
I couldn't face the rejection from my family. I felt I didn't have anyone I could talk to. It was like hurricanes in your brain, total turmoil, spinning plates, and they are all falling on the floor. The former officer explained how he did not care. He just wanted to get Claire Parry out of the car and get away. He said, She was taking the mickey out of me. She was angry. She was being snide, nasty. She was so angry. I don't know if she was jealous of my perfect life, as she called it. Bramer alleged that Claire had told him that he could not make her get out of the car before she died. From the stand, Timothy Bramer was questioned by his defence counsel, Joanna Martin QC, if there was any premeditation in his actions. Did he plan to murder Claire after she arrived in that pub car park? Bramer testified he did not mean to kill her, and despite ending Claire Parry's life, he said he did not wish to injure her in any way. Bramer said, I fell on top of her by accident more than anything. I was trying to grab hold of her. My arm was around her. It was just a kerfuffle. If you imagine a piggyback, to hold on you have to have your arms around them. I was directly on top of her like a piggyback. I was trying to bump her out of the car. I was trying so hard to get her out. And she was actively doing all she could to stay in. My left arm was around the top of her chest by the collarbone. But it must have slipped up in all the melee. As tears marked his cheeks... Through sobs, Bramer told the jury of Salisbury Crown Court there was no intent to kill. He considered his arrest to be like someone opening a giant trap door. I was free falling, he said. Under cross-examination from the prosecution's barrister, Richard Smith QC flagged to Bramer that he had been lying to his wife over the last ten years because of his affairs. He described the defendant as a well-practiced liar. This was something Bramer agreed with. When prompted by the prosecutor, Bramer said he saw himself as a, quote, devious bastard. Bramer admitted he withdrew £250 on his journey to see Claire as a way to pay her off and stop her from telling his wife. The prosecutor told the defendant, The Crown don't accept for a moment that her injuries came from you trying to push her. You took her life by holding her around the neck for so long and so hard that she was given a fatal injury. This statement was followed by a volley of pronouncements from the prosecutor, directed at Bramer in which Richard Smith QC alleged that the defendant killed Claire Parry because of the text message she had sent and because Claire wanted to tell his wife. Smith asserted that Bramer stabbed himself so he could manufacture an argument of self-defence. 
You cannot accept the truth of the enormity of your own responsibility, the prosecutor said. Bremer denied all the allegations. Joanna Martin QC, counsel for the defence, was resolute that her client was telling the truth. She asked the jury to question why Timothy Bramer would try and stop Claire Parry from leaving the car when his wife had already received the text message that he was having an affair. Counsel for the defence said Claire Parry's injuries were consistent with the account that Bramer gave. He admitted that his arm was around her neck although Joanna Martin QC maintained that Bramer was not aware that he was strangling Claire. Martin suggested that the argument for the Crown was based on the fact that Bramer had had an affair and lied, which in turn made anything he said in his defence a lie. He can't be trusted, ergo he is a murderer, she said. Joanna Martin QC also suggested that the blood at the scene did not align with the Crown's case, as it did not fully explain the transfer pattern of blood from the driver's seat and the presence of transferred clotted blood on Claire Parry's clothing. A forensic scientist had been forced to admit that not all of the evidence completely lined up for the Crown's theory. There was bruising to the victim's body which suggested some form of a struggle, Also, there were no self-inflicted scratch marks to Claire's neck from her own fingers, something that may have appeared if she fought to get her hands in between Bramer's arm and her neck. Her hands must have been either restrained or trapped under her body, and this did not fully align with the prosecution's version of the events. If you're satisfied, as we think you should be, that Timothy Bramer has told the truth then you will find him not guilty of murder, Joanna Martin said. If you're not sure what happened, then you will find him not guilty. It is only if you are sure Timothy Bramer has lied and has deliberately taken Claire Parry by the neck that you will look at the issue of whether it was explicable by loss of control. Loss of control is a partial defence against murder. Still, throughout the trial, the focus appeared to be Bramer's affairs and the technicalities of what exactly happened in the car. The loss of control defence was something the jury would eventually need to consider, but that would be addressed by the judge. In closing, the defence counsel spoke about Bramer's position and said, It isn't for him to prove. It is for the Crown, and they haven't, have they? They have tripped at the first hurdle. He has pleaded guilty to manslaughter. He has done that because he knows he is responsible for her death. That is his culpability. Arguing for the Crown, Richard Smith, QC, spoke about the rope Bramer had unsuccessfully attempted to purchase to convince Claire Parry he would take his own life if she told his wife. Smith said, It was a tool, a device to emotionally blackmail the woman who was going to reveal this affair. This is a man who was hoping to placate, 
to talk, make things better, even if it involved a bit of emotional blackmail and then be back in time for a neighbourhood barbecue. 2.45pm, Ford car pulls in, driven by Claire Parry, 41 years of age and mother. Easy to forget her, isn't it? She's become a name. Richard Smith QC described Bramer as a womaniser, and how Claire Parry's eyes had been opened when she discovered the other women Bramer had been sleeping with. We have two people at the murder scene. There's only two people who can tell you what happened. One of them has had their voice taken away. You're left with him. His lies, the prosecutor said. As Richard Smith QC summarised his arguments to the jurors, he spoke about the amount of time needed to strangle someone. In this case, it was at least 10 seconds. Smith told the jury to ask themselves what else Bramer intended than at the bare minimum, a severe injury. The prosecutor also pointed out the defence of loss of control, which Smith described as a, quote, legal nicety. Loss of control is not what he says. That's the slight irony here. Because the Crown has said this is a man who took the life of his lover in rage, then you have to go through the legal directions of loss of control. Richard Smith QC told the jury that they should not be convinced by Bramer. He had lied about his affair to his wife for the last ten years. Voicing his final thoughts about Timothy Bramer's actions towards Claire Parry, Richard Smith QC said, As long as you come to the conclusion he put his arm around her neck, as he told Mr. Stentifoot he did, and there was that degree of intent, then there we are. That is murder. He lies, we know that. He lies because he needs to hide you from the truth. This is a man who has showered misery on all manner of people. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One partial defense to murder, if argued successfully, reduces the offense to an act of voluntary manslaughter. This is loss of control. Prior to 2009, it was formed in part under provocation. The judge addressed this defence and its three components when summing up the case for the jury. Mr Justice Jacobs told jurors they would need to question whether Timothy Bramer intended to kill Claire Parry or cause her serious harm. If they did not think he did, the verdict is not guilty. However, if they agreed, they would also need to ask themselves if Bramer had lost control and did have a justifiable sense of being seriously wronged. If he did, they would then have to decide if someone who was the same age and same sex as the defendant, with a normal degree of tolerance and self-restraint, and was in the same circumstances as Bramer, might have reacted in a similar way. According to the Crown Prosecution Service, sexual infidelity cannot by itself qualify as a trigger for the loss of control defence. It is not enough that the defendant has been caused to feel a sense of grievance by the circumstances. It must arise from a justifiable sense, not merely that they have been wronged, but they have been seriously wronged. Also, even if the defendant lost control as a result of a qualifying trigger, if they acted in a considered desire for revenge, the defence is not available. Whether the circumstances were extremely grave and the defendant's sense of being seriously wronged by the victim was justifiable are matters that require objective assessment by the judge at the end of the evidence, and if the defence is permitted to stand by the jury considering their verdict. In this court case, the trigger was seen as the text message being sent to Bramer's wife as he wanted to be the one to tell her he was having an affair. 
This was something Bremer had voiced in his interview with police and was highlighted by the defence. The jury would not have to explain their decision when arriving at a verdict, whatever that was going to be. However, the judge could sentence Timothy Bremer based on loss of control or unlawful manslaughter if he felt there was no intention to kill or to cause grievous bodily harm. After almost three hours of deliberation, the jury arrived at a verdict. Following a 12-day trial, on Tuesday, October 27, 2020, charged with murder, Timothy Bramer was found not guilty. If Bramer heard the verdict, there did not appear to be any signs of acknowledgement on his face. Jurors ruled that they either did not believe he intended to kill Claire Parry or he lost control. Still, Bremer had admitted manslaughter. His sentence for the crime would be decided the next day. Subsequent to the verdict, as news reached the ears and eyes of the public, the spokesperson for the Women's Aid Charity Solace issued a statement in which they said it made them feel sickened and disgusted. They wrote, When a man chooses to put his hands or arms around a woman's neck with the intent to harm her and strangle her, it is done with intent. The spokesperson felt that Mr Justice Jacobs should impose a life sentence. The jail term could either be considered on the grounds of manslaughter due to a loss of control when Claire Parry sent Bramer's wife a text message which indicated he was having an affair or judged on accidental and unlawful manslaughter. Following Timothy Bramer's acquittal of the murder charge, Jane and Philip Jordan, Claire Parry's mother and father, described how the death of Claire had affected the family. They said, Claire's children now have to go through their lives knowing this man took the life of their mummy. They will not be able to share their triumphs and disasters with their mum. This is a bitter, bitter pain. James Vaughan, Chief Constable of Dorset Police, offered a statement in which he told the press that Bramer was no longer an officer with the force. As police officers, our duty first and foremost is to protect the public. And for a servant officer to take the life of another in this way is incomprehensible. His conduct fell dramatically below that which I, his colleagues and the public expect from a police officer. And he clearly has no place holding the office of constable. While it could not be reported during the time of the 12-day trial, one member of the jury had to be discharged as they found the case too upsetting. The day after Timothy Bramer was acquitted of murder, 
Mr. Justice Jacobs would pass his sentence on the admission of manslaughter. During mitigation, defence counsel Joanna Martin QC informed the judge that her client told her that although he was acquitted of murder, it did not change the fact that he had taken Claire Parry's life. The QC said, Mr. Bramer pleaded guilty to the offence which is one indication of remorse. His remorse is genuine and will live with him long past any sentence this court imposes. He did not want Claire Parry to be dead. He recognises, as he said throughout, the distress and despair that he has caused other people. PC Andrew Parry, an officer with the Dorset Police Force, provided a victim personal statement. He wrote about his wife and his marriage to Claire Parry. Andrew Parry had discovered that Claire was having an affair. While it was no doubt difficult news, he believed that there was still a relationship to save. Andrew Parry voiced his feelings towards the man that had taken his wife's life, the crocodile tears he saw, the lack of remorse. He described the devastation of having to tell his children their mother was dead, explaining that the pain was like a physical weight crushing down on his chest. He took his children to the park to tell them. One of them thought he was joking, before Andrew Parry had to break the news that they would never see their mother again. In the statement read to Salisbury Crown Court, he wrote, This is what I think of him. He is the worst kind of thief. He has stolen a mother, a wife, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a niece, and a friend. Claire meant so much to so many people, and he has robbed me of the opportunity to save my marriage. He has robbed my children of a million hugs and kisses from their mummy. Andrew Parry spoke of his disappointment with the verdict and how he did not believe that Bramer was being honest. He said the former officer told a string of untruths about how the events unfolded. Andrew Parry believed that Bramer could have done more to save Claire and by lying about his own injuries this delayed the life-saving treatment which he could have received at the scene. The officer described the devastation of losing his wife. Andrew Parry told the court that Bramer hasn't left a hole in our lives. A hole has edges, a beginning and an end. Bramer has left a gaping chasm in our lives that will stretch on for eternity. The judge, Mr. Justice Jacobs, accepted there was no premeditation in Bramer's actions, and the judge voiced his opinion that Bramer had been a good police officer. He had no previous convictions. Mr. Justice Jacobs mentioned the difficulties the former officer would face in prison. The judge's ruling was based on the assumption that Bramer lost control. The judge explained that Bramer had a, quote, 
justifiable sense of being wronged, having only just met the qualifying trigger for the loss of control defence based around the way the news of the affair was communicated. The former officer would have been aware that the force he used from either his forearm or the crook of his elbow was excessive. He did nothing to help Claire Parry at the scene who was lifeless. Mr Justice Jacobs described the lies told by Bramer that Claire had caused the injuries to his arm as particularly serious. The judge emphasised that with Bramer's training, specifically the assaults he had seen as part of his career in the force, he would have been aware that Claire needed urgent medical attention. Sentencing Bramer, the judge told him, I'm sure that you did deliberately take Claire Parry by the neck, applying significant force with your forearm or the crook of your elbow for a period of time while she struggled against you thereby causing the severe neck injuries which the pathologist described. The evidence from the pathologist was that those injuries which she described as severe, on a scale of mild, moderate or severe, resulted from the application of significant force to the neck for a period of a minimum of 10 to 30 seconds and possibly longer. She said it was difficult to envisage a situation where a struggle in the car imparted the necessary degree of force or could explain the extent and severity of the neck injuries. Mr Justice Jacobs sentenced Timothy Bramer to 10 years and 6 months for the manslaughter of Claire Parry. The 169 days Bramer had already served at HMP Exeter would be taken into account against his jail term. The judge told Bramer that the tears he was shedding were only for himself, not for the life he had taken. Mr Justice Jacobs ruled that Timothy Bramer would need to serve at least two-thirds of his sentence before he could be considered for release on parole. Detective Chief Inspector Richard Dixie also gave a statement. Yesterday, a jury found Mr Bramer not guilty of the offence of murder. He had previously pleaded guilty to the offence of manslaughter and has been sentenced this morning to a ten and a half year term of imprisonment. It was important that this case was put before a jury to allow them to make a decision. Mr Bramer was a serving Dorset police officer at the time he committed this offence. Officers swear an oath to protect the public, but he did the opposite. His criminal actions on that day were contrary to all policing values. Dorset Police is a small family force, and there are few officers and staff who have not been affected either directly or indirectly by this case. It was a challenging case to investigate. I would like to pass my thanks As Timothy Bramer's behaviour during his time in the force was being recognised, there were questions around how this was not spotted sooner and why more was not done by the Dorset police. 
the acquittal of Bremer's murder charge raised a great deal of ire in the press. Numerous articles were written online about the violence perpetrated against women, calling attention to domestic abuse, which is one of the most common crimes committed in the UK. It appears as though if a pattern of abuse in the home is not prevented, it will worsen over time, leading to horrific acts of violence and even death. Chaste Aziz, an employee of the charity Solace, spoke about the sentencing of Timothy Bramer. Her thoughts were published in The Guardian. Aziz mentioned the words voiced by the judge, stating it was typical of the language used to justify violence against women and girls. However, she said she welcomed the judge's decision making it clear that the violence inflicted on Claire Parry was deliberate. This is important, she said. You can't accidentally break someone's neck. It's important the record was set straight. So where are we now? At the start of November, around a week after the trial had ended, it was confirmed that the Attorney General's office would be reviewing the sentence handed to Timothy Bramer to understand if it was unduly lenient. As part of the unduly lenient sentence scheme, the Attorney General's office must refer the application to the Court of Appeal within 28 days of the sentence being passed. The identity of the individual who made the request was not disclosed. However, regardless of if that person was involved directly in the case or not, any member of the public can make a request for the Attorney General to look at a sentence. By the end of November, the case was referred to the Court of Appeal as the Attorney General felt it was unduly lenient. However, Timothy Bramer had also logged an appeal against the length of his sentence, believing it to be excessive. As at the time of this recording, the order in which the legal proceedings are to be held is yet to be decided. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our new Patreon producer, Amy Tibble, and everyone who supports us on Patreon. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.